It's 11 o'clock. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall, or online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. With these conditions being the way they are, it's always good to have a little snack in your car. You never know what could happen. You might get stranded. Car might get stuck. You don't even got to get like just sitting in the traffic sometimes. Like you can draw to a standstill for what seems like a lifetime. You just reach over into the glove box, pop it. Oh, look, my stash of Wilhawk beef jerky. That's not even making it to the glove box. Actually, you have to hide it because if you don't, people will break into your car and steal it. Yeah, Yeah, if you leave that on the seat, people are... People will go for it. In this day and age, oh, baby, it'll be gone And in the no nice time. thing is during the wintertime, it remains cold enough in your car that, like, it's like a refrigerator, right? So you're keeping that fresh, juicy Wilhawk beef jerky at its best. And if you're Brandon, you pop open a jar of uh, spicy carrots. I keep that in the cup holder <laughs> in the back seat. So then when – and but the nice thing is the saturation of the vinegar and brine keeps it from freezing. And then you probably drink, probably you drink it the juice. After. Oh yeah, like if I'm ever on a, a late night trip back from Delburn, maybe like I was on Sunday, I just uh, reach over to my backseat cup holder, the old pickup, pull it up, crack it, quick swig of the juice, and I'm re- better than any cup of coffee or soda, energy drink, or Gatorade. The electrolytes alone. Oh yeah, no, it's um, it's the best. And then I can pull out a, a pickle at the same time, and I just like I catch it in my teeth as I'm drinking it. They come up, I just catch it, and then I already I don't even gotta, down. I don't even gotta get my hands dirty. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online, <laughs> wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Uh the text line, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you'd like to text in to the show today, of course, we'll talk uh little Edmonton Oilers. Big victory last night. Connor McDavid, two assists for the fifth straight game. That's what he's doing. He said it after the the media availed it yesterday. Derek Van Deest asked him about, you know, the, the points, but not the goals. And he said, all I'm doing is getting assists. And he did it again last night, two assists in the victory. The Oilers, if you're looking at Stuart Skinner, first time since the All-Star break, the Oilers allowing less than three goals. Uh, they were so good at that leading up to the All-Star break. Have they found their d- defensive mojo again? Maybe. We shall see their uh, next opponent, of course, the St. Louis Blues. Coming up on Wednesday, uh, tonight in the NHL, a busy one. I, I noticed in our Sports 1440 office pool, I've uh, declined in the standings down to about ninth spot, but I've got a lot of players tonight. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the, the games going on tonight, uh, maybe dive into a few fantasy matchups if you're on the daily perspective. Of course, in the NBA, there's always something going on, and there's always someone who might go off. So uh, maybe we'll touch on that, uh, you know. Brandon, I know. We all know that we're huge supporters of the OKC Thunder on this program. Shai Gillis-Alexander taking on the Houston Rockets. He's averaging 31 points per game. You got Giannis in action. So uh, we'll touch on that as well. Victor Wembenyama, can he make more history? Because this guy is an absolute animal. They're taking on the Timberwolves. So should be an interesting one. Alfred's texting in. Beef jerky is a good source of protein, actually. Yeah, well, we weren't joking. We were quite serious about that one, especially Wilhawk beef jerky. I, I seriously, I mean, don't we all stash a little bit of food in our car just in case? Yes. Just a little bit. And what's nice about Wilhawk, and I'm I'm not afraid just to talk about this extensively because, like, that's how good it is. Like, you compare it to your gas station beef jerky, like, that stuff is so... 
I don't know, saturated in chemical. Like it, it's 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 a non-perishable, basically. Whale hawk beef jerky is perishable because it's fresh and it's real meat. And it like tastes like real meat, not like cardboard. So um, the good thing is you never have to worry about it like reaching the end of its uh, perishable lifespan because you eat it so quickly. That's how good it is. You would so, use the other stuff to start a fire. Yeah. With all the chemicals in it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No good. Uh, last night in the NHL, LeBron, why don't we talk about those Edmonton Oilers just a little bit here uh, because it was kind of the interesting game. Evan Bouchard, tough stretch for, for the kid. And then he rebounds in a way that you're just absolutely supposed to. Uh, gets a goal, gets another assist. The Edmonton Oilers, two goals in the third period to rally back to beat the Kings. Massive win for the Oilers because the Kings would have surpassed them in the standings with a victory. But the Oilers hold them off, get within, I believe, a point of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, funny when you look at the record because the Oilers have five more wins, but the Vegas Golden Knights have eight more loser points which uh, contends them uh, right there where they want to be in the standings. We saw the Bruins falling to the Kraken. Kraken continuing to stay alive. The Islanders over the Stars and then the Capitals double up the Ottawa Senators last night. Uh, Stuart Skinner, 38 saves, 950 save percentage. That's what you need to see. If you had David Pasternak, then uh, you had a good night as well. Two goals, one helper as the Bruins fall to the Kraken. I'm just looking here. Did Kyler Yamamoto actually get second star with zero points? Maybe a gritty performance. I didn't watch the late game. Uh, I mean, obviously the Oilers game was late enough as is. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I tried not to spread myself too thin last night. Wanted to really dial in on how the Oilers played, and they played quite well. So, yeah, I didn't catch any of the Boston-Seattle uh, game, just the highlights of uh, Pasternak's first goal. I'm just looking here, and uh, I don't know if this is accurate or not. That's just on ESPN. Kyler Yamamoto only played eight minutes. Hmm. And according to ESPN, he was the star. So if anyone did watch that game last night, maybe you can uh, let us know exactly what went on there. Uh, Brandon, and just another thing coming up here. We got the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. I know last week we talked a little bit with uh, Brown. Have on? Someone Russell Brown, Brown was Russell a while Brown. ago. It was from Pro Football Focus. John oh, uh, Macri. John Macri, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of follow that as we go along here as well. Because, uh, you know, there, there are some interesting names. I saw people talking about how Malik Neighbors could potentially be wide receiver one off the board, surpassing Marvin Harrison. I don't know if I'm buying that one, but... Uh, if- that sounds like some, uh, some NFL draft season smokescreen action. Just like maybe convincing the Arizona Cardinals that maybe it's not Marvin Harrison you yeah. want. Maybe you want to go another direction. They did say Kyler's their guy. They put that out there on social media last night, but... They also once said John Rosen was their guy. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Too smart for football. <laughs> Didn't need it. Oh, uh, yeah. People are saying. <laughs> uh, Randy says, Yamamoto had the shootout winner, and that's enough to get you second star. There I we guess. go. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Bjorkstrand had a goal in regulation. Good for Kyrie Yamamoto. Was it a long shootout? I'd have to go back and watch those highlights. And just to throw him out there. I guess in the game overall, there wasn't anyone with, you know, multiple points on the Kraken side. Okay. Fair enough. Who was the first star? First star was... was Philly, Philly G? No, it was Pasternak in the loss. On the road? Yeah. Wow. Yamamoto, second star. Bjorkstrand, third star. No love for Mr. Grubauer? <laughs> No, apparently not. Allowed three goals. They have a higher standard in Seattle. Not, Can't do that. Not good enough. Uh, thank you, Randy, for letting us here. Hello, fans. Tinker here. 
Big Bruins fan watched the game. He basically did nothing but score the first goal in the shootout. And even if they said it, he played really hard during the game. Yeah, well, he played eight minutes. <laughs> Does the three stars have no pride anymore? This uh, Kevin and I have talked about this, actually, and I can't remember when it was. It went, and then we talked about it with Louis DeBrusque because he, at least on the Sportsnet broadcast, chooses the three stars or at least has a, a, a say. Because there was one game in particular where I thought Stuart Skinner was lights out and he did not even get the three star or a third a third star mention. And so we asked Louis about it. And he's like, he's like, I hate doing it because he feels like he could give it to any number of guys on any given night. But that's the thing. There's only three. So tough gig. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> uh, B says, what site are you getting these three stars from? Well, this is just from ESPN. It uh, does not have attendance. That, that question was followed up. I don't know if there was a, a low attendance out there in Seattle last night. That's a heck of a game, though. Bruins cracking. I mean, I, I mean, we, we got to give credit to the Bruins. They have fans everywhere. One of the original teams. So, and Seattle didn't have a team for so long. I'm sure there's some Boston transplants that moved out to Seattle. And if you think about it, the the local Seattle people, their kind of natural geographical rival is Vancouver, who already has a disdain for Boston. So even if they were like former Seattle or former Vancouver fans that maybe migrated to the Kraken, then there's a, like a kind of natural built rivalry in that way a little bit in terms of hate. But uh, like original six fans, they're everywhere. Like that's just the nature of the beast because obviously there's been more than six teams for so long in the NHL, but it's like a generational thing. People pass it down to their kids. Like even here in Edmonton, like you just get told, yeah, you're going to be a Bruins fan. That's how it works. Texting from Tinker saying, sorry, I forgot passes scored a hat trick, one goal in each period. Uh, according to the stat sheet, he had that two did, goals. Did not happen. One assist. Maybe maybe one got overturned or there was a close play. Beer man. It was a, uh, Charlie Coyles was a tip-in, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> sorry, Beer Man just said Boston transplant that moved to Seattle. Fraser Crane. Was he Fraser Crane English? Frazier from Cheers, and then he moved to Seattle to host the talk radio show. Yeah, I yeah, like I know it's a spinoff, but isn't like that person? Isn't he Kelsey Grammer? Isn't he English? I don't think so. Oh, uh, hand up. <laughs> never watched Frazier <laughs> or Cheers. <laughs> I know the premise of both shows. Never seen an episode of either. Frazier. I know Cheers is a place you go where everyone knows your name. Yeah, Frazier was one of the attendees who go in for a, a drink, I believe, after yeah. work, and yes. was kind of. I don't know, neurotic it a, maybe? It was a spinoff. Yeah, he went to Seattle. Was Frazier's buddy British? Nigel? Is that his name? It's his brother. Oh. Did they have any other buddies? <laughs> Call me Noige. Uh, <laughs> his, his dad was very American, had a dog. Niles. Niles. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe his co-host was British. I forget her name. Okay, that makes sense. Don't have a handle yet. I'm sorry. That's what we're calling you. When you give us a handle, we'll change that. Three stars of the game for the American broadcast games are just out to lunch. Yahoo Fantasy app gives star ratings for top players as well. Also typically out to lunch. We got some Frasier fans. Somebody says Daphne. Yes, that was his and then producer. Is that, did that actress not? I think she was in an episode of Seinfeld. As Was she not the virgin? Uh... You know I'm not the biggest Seinfeld. No, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check that one. I'm going to fact check that one. Jana Leaves is the actress. I'm sure we could find out what she played in. Um, 
Thank you to Smitty and Husks Niles. Yes, uh, giving us the information. And Smitty just says, yes, she was in Seinfeld. Niles fell in love with Daphne. Hmm. Did you look it up? Yeah. She was also in Hot in Cleveland. Yeah, that. so that show, it's funny because that also came to mind. I was like, most people probably won't know this one, but it was like a sitcom, pretty short-lived. But like Betty White was like this senior, obviously senior uh, single woman living with three like middle-aged single woman women and one of them was this lady jan jane leaves one was kirstie alley no that's not right maybe it is r.i.p <laughs> yeah I, either way hot and clean a pretty good show but yeah pretty funny she was in four episodes the virgin the contest the pilot and the finale part two uh, the court episode right because yeah well she because she was the virgin she was a closet organizer and uh, but then end up leaving Jerry to be with uh, JFK Jr., who had spurned Elaine's advances. We got some very wise listeners, especially when it comes to Seinfeld. Like I will admit it, I'm a very casual Seinfeld fan. Ashley loves it, so we'll put it on sometimes. She gets the references, you get the references, Gregor gets the references. But unless it's like Putty, Soup Nazi, <laughs> yeah, uh, like the, the top, the, the big ones. Yeah, uh, who's the book detective? Bookman. Bookman. Holy cow. That's funny. <laughs> a library cop named Bookman. That's like an ice cream man named Cone. That's a great, great episode. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Thank you, Northside Lou. <laughs> Not Kirstie Alley. Not Kirstie Alley. Valerie Bert- But I think they both were spokespeople for that one weight loss commercial. Weight Watchers? Maybe. Smitty says, Frasier is one of the most successful spinoffs ever. Probably, probably the most successful spinoff ever. You you don't like Joey? Can't. Well, I wasn't a big Friends guy. I'm just joking. Period. I think that was a terrible program. <laughs> Didn't do very well. The Jeffersons, Better Call Saul, Family Matters was a spinoff. What? How? That one blew my mind. We might have to research that in the break. What are other good spinoffs? I was big into Sons of Anarchy, so I tried to watch Mayans. That's and, a spinoff? Yeah, because the Mayans are the rival club oh. who they find peace with towards the end. But spoiler alert, um, <laughs> Young Sheldon. Oh, does that count as a spinoff? It's a prequel. Oh, yeah, you're right. That should be a prequel. But it is its own series based off a character from a pre-existing series, I guess. I mean, you could, we could easily ask, what are your top spinoffs? But then also, what are the what worst? What are the worst ones? Because there have been some bad ones. House of Dragon? Yep. House of the Dragon. Also a prequel. Yeah. But you can count that as a spinoff. Yeah, there's a lot, actually, I guess. But I would uh, I would definitely say Frasier right up there for among the best. Oh, yeah. And, like, critically acclaimed TV show. So, Man, Cheers was so good. You should watch that. Young Woody Harrelson. And then, so this, this list I'm looking at has The Simpsons as a spinoff because it was like a little cartoon on the Tracy Ullman show. I don't know. I will not be counting that one. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay. Holy. Okay. Chill out, people. Chill out. We've got so many texts coming, and I cannot keep up. The mom on Family Matters worked at the newspaper with Larry on Perfect Strangers. Rick. Wow. Rick, thank you. That's amazing. I did. I, I had no idea that was a spinoff. Without Perfect Strangers, we wouldn't have Urkel. I mean, Urkel kind of carried that show. You could have made that without the connection to Perfect Strangers, I think. 
That's just me. Uh, keep the text coming in. one 401 We will get back to hockey. Pillman says, you mean Sideshow Bob? Oh, yeah. That was a good pull there, Pillman. Classic. Uh, we had a text coming in about McDavid and Dry. I settled another one about Evan Bouchard. We'll get into when we return. You are listening to Fantasy Frenzy. The text line is one 401 Hallie Douglas here on Sports 1440. It's 11-20. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas with you. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Get the text into one 401 1440 uh, a couple of requests coming in here that we get back to sports. So we'll, uh, we'll try to do that. Um, Compro Evolution, yeah, we'll get there. Mitchell says it's a spinoff. Might get canceled soon. That's that's it's radio. I mean, I've lived that. It's not fun. So we'll try to talk some sports. But also, curb your enthusiasm. Many top rated shows were spun off all in the family. Uh, I will say I would not, to just put a bow on this, curb your enthusiasm is not a spinoff of Seinfeld. They don't exist in the same universe i think that's probably the qualifier doesn't elaine play it like a yeah no random no. character like curb your enthusiasm is almost it's closer to reality tv because like all the characters play versions of themselves like julia louis dreyfus is julia louis dreyfus jerry seinfeld is himself and they talk about the show seinfeld but not the show within the show that was that was in seinfeld like just the actual show Okay. So it's it's not. I would not classify that as a spinoff. Nail says 1883, 1923 from Yellowstone. Tiger says Joni loves Chachi was brutal. I didn't know that was a show. I thought that was just something that was said in Dodgeball. Cat Dad, <laughs> Valerie Burton, Ernie, awesome in that. Okay, some hockey questions here. Some sports talk. Let's get into the inbox. We'll do this for Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves. Awesome haircuts and treatments were designed for you every Tuesday and Wednesday. That's today and tomorrow. You can get a haircut for $30 when you mention Sports 1440 only at TommyGuns.com. Highly recommend you do so. Get that haircut good. Maybe a little fade on the side. Feeling good. Everything will go well for you going forward. Uh, We had a text coming in here. And it was asking about Evan Bouchard. And I'm just going to see if I can search it because... It appears the person who asked that question has since said other things. Uh, but basically, you know, the kind of the conundrum, how do you pay him when you go forward here? Obviously, offensively, guy's a stud. You look at the NHL right now in terms of points from blue liners. He's sitting in fifth spot. Um, another goal and assist last night. I believe he has the most goals, tied with Mackenzie Weger with 15 and two games less played, uh, plus 12 on the year. For those who are concerned about that one. But to give an honest assessment of his game, Brandon, there are some defensive liabilities, right? And it's it's not all the time, but when it does happen, obviously there's a spotlight on it because hey, it's a social media age. We all have opinions and a lot of people want to pull that up. Uh, Rashog asked the question to Matthias Ekholm after the game. I saw some people bashing the question. I thought it was worded pretty fairly, uh, but Ekholm kind of you know, defended his teammate as he should. But when you look at Evan Bouchard and that upcoming contract, I mean, we're looking at a guy who could potentially lead defenseman in scoring. He's obviously a key component to that power play. And I I don't want to look too far down the road, but the question was asked, like, how do you pay him top money when there are times in the game? Maybe you don't want to have him out there. 
Very first question. It came from Iron. I tracked uh, tracked it down thank for you, you there, thank for you, you. Connor. Um, it's funny. We we had a brief discussion about this uh, on the carry show this morning between Kevin and I. Um, and I, I kind of threw the notion out there, like with Evan Bouchard currently on pace for eighty two points and um, you know twenty twenty ish goals in that realm. Like, will this like is this Evan Bouchard at his best? It like can he get better defensively? There's a lot of room for growth there. How much, like, a point-per-game defenseman, are, they're rare, and we shouldn't be taking it for granted. But it's not like Evan Bouchard plays the toughest matchups. He gets a lot of ice time with the other's best forwards, notably Connor McDavid. Like, he's he's still a young player, so I don't want to seem like he's, you know, absolutely being coddled here within this organization. You do want to give your younger guys room to grow, and not everybody is a instant stalwart to the likes of Kale McCarr. I just don't envision him profiling out like he's not a number one d-man i'm not even sure he's a top pairing defenseman even you've paired like he's with about as good as it can get defensively in matthias Ekholm. and like i said they're still not trusted to play the toughest minutes they play tough minutes still everybody has to it's the nhl for goodness sake but payment wise like if i was looking at extending evan bouchard if the oilers were keen on if they wanted to give him like a seven eight year contract what does that money look like man i'd be I'd be very hesitant to be looking above $6 million a year, which how it's, it's tough to say that when a guy's possibly going to be putting up 90 points, if not this year, maybe ones in the future. So it, it is a real conundrum and it just has to basically boil down to what the organization assesses him as and is blunt in their um, you know, conversation and, and communication with Bouchard and his camp about like, listen, if you want to stay here, this is what the number is going to look like because we got money tied up in Connor. He's the best player in the league. We're going to have to reshore up new money and a lot more money to Leon, who is arguably the second best player in this league. So, I mean, if, if all Bouchard is after is the highest payday, which no, no fault. I, I, I never blame a player for that, even if it ends up with them leaving, um, you know, your favorite club or, or a team you're rooting for. That the, there's mo- there will 100% be more money out there elsewhere. It's not going to be with the Oilers if he's looking for the biggest payday. It just won't work out that way financially. Exactly, exactly. There's always going to be a team that has a lot more cap space that would be willing to throw down a bunch of money. Obviously, right now, $3.9 million for a point-per-game player. On the offensive side, that's pretty dang good. There, it, it could get to like some shrewd negotiations, though. You know, well, defensively, you know, where, where's he going to be playing in the lineup? Because we I mean we've had people talk about that, you know, you slide Bouchard lower in the lineup. He's as a power play guy, kind of put him out there in certain situations. Can do a little bit better, but we we will see. It's going to be interesting. Alfred said he's better than Nurse. Kind of reminds me of Guy Carboneau in Montreal. Yeah, he he's an interesting one. But Brandon, like you said, I mean, he's 24 years old. He's played 240 career games. And like he tur- turned 24 last year. So next year, going into a contract year, he'll be 25. I I would expect to see some growth in the defensive side of the game. You, sure you would hope so, so uh, because like there's a lot of room for it. And it's tough to be critical of a guy when they are still producing because it seems like there's more than enough players you could be critical of that don't produce. Uh, see the likes of Connor Brown um, down at the bottom of the lineup. Like there's, it's okay to expect more from guys 
Like this is this is a first round draft pick, like a player with a lot of pedigree, right? We we know he can put up points. Now, if you want to be paid like a top pairing defenseman, you have to play like one more often than not. Being a second pair guy that is a number one power play uh, director like Bouchard is, and you you play some more sheltered minutes at five on five, you know, you're only out there on the PK and probably really dire straight spot duty type stuff. There's there's a role for that on every NHL team, and it can be a lucrative one to a certain extent. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be looking in the realm of you know seven to nine million dollars a year, which by the way the Oilers already have uh, a nine million dollar defenseman in Darnell Nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look down the list of cap friendly and tell me how many teams have two, right? So <laughs> tough. It, it it all of a sudden handcuffs your team a lot. I like Evan Bouchard as a power play guy. I think five on five, he should probably play a little bit less than he already does because he plays a risky game and it has rewards, but we saw it on the second goal last night. It can really bite you and be pretty ugly in the process. So if a player like him continues to grow and cut down, like you, you're never going to eliminate mistakes in their entirety when you play the type of game that Evan Bouchard does. And that's perfectly fine, but you want to limit them and have them in not the most important of situations, you know, reading the game better. If it's a a tie game or a close game in the second half of it or whatever, don't make these ill-advised pinches or or taking bad angles on guys, things like that. That's where there's room for growth because physically, hockey sense-wise with the puck on his stick, it's the the world's his oyster, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of room for growth, but as of right now, what we've seen from him through his first couple full seasons in the league, he's not a top-pairing guy, and as a result, should not get paid like one uh, on this next contract. And I mean, I I can handle some of them, like if he's trying to make a play and it just doesn't go well, it kind of you accept it, okay, well, you know, that's how he is, that's his style. There's those ones where it's just like, are, are you zoned out? Are you paying attention? Those are the ones that frustrate me the most uh, Mitchell says he's a Tony D'Angelo on a great offensive team he's a Tyson Berry although he hasn't led the league in points yet like Barry did Keith Yandel what's the war on Barry you can find a comparable replacement at less money he is going to get paid though and I, I mean the Oilers kind of seamlessly moved on from Tyson Berry to Evan Bouchard on that power play I don't know if they have one in the system right now or someone who could do it in the next two years but no free agency is always an option if if he plays himself out of a your organization, you can't afford to pay him. That's in two years, though. And, and tomato soup out of this too is like remember when the question was when they traded Tyson Berry, is Evan Bouchard ready to fill these top power play mm-hmm. minutes? Well, I would say uh, pretty resoundingly yes. And that is the type of player he is. That is what the I mean the results are there. Both production point production. You watch it when you see the power play on the ice. Um, how good he is at quarterbacking it. And yeah, he's playing with great players. Good teams, top power play, and it has skilled players on it. And you have to compliment them well. So I, I give Bouchard credit that he has, like if you compare the Bouchard we're seeing on a night-to-night basis now to what we were seeing back in October or November, it's almost night and day. And keep in mind, Bouchard was still putting up points then too. So we know he's capable of, uh, of the production regardless. But yeah, the, the defensive stuff, I don't need him to be Rod Langway. I don't need him to be Jacob Schlavin or Brett Pesci. But like I said, limiting mistakes and and reading the game better about when to take risks, I think is probably where the Oilers want to see more of an evolution from him. Alex texting in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Evan Bouchard is good defensively. Look at the numbers. His mistakes look bad, which sparked the old narrative. He's a top bearing defenseman. If you think he's taking six per year, you are delusional. Hard to pay him less than Nurse 
when he is better than him, might have to deal Nurse to pay Bouchard because he is the better D-man. Alex, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see if he can log the minutes that Nurse can. Obviously, he's on the power play, so uh, that's where more of his minutes come from. But, like, Darnell Nurse is logging some games north of 23 minutes. I, I like, I forgive me, Alex, but if I'm like, look at the numbers, what numbers? Like, what, what metrics are we using to evaluate Evan Bouchard defensively, and do they take into account the competition he's playing against, like the, the lines he's matched up against on a night-to-night basis and the quality of his own line mates when on the ice. Because like I said, he plays a lot with Connor McDavid and that can, I mean, hey, Connor McDavid's not exempt from mistakes either. We saw that Saturday night against Calgary. But when he's on the ice, the puck is usually on your team's stick. And that is more a benefit to him as a player than maybe the defensemen that are back on the blue line. So it's I, I would be curious to hear Alex what what's uh, metrics you're using to determine that he is good defensively because I test which I think there's room for both in any conversation between analytics and I test I test it's not good and and Alex points us out mistakes look bad yeah and they almost always seem to cost the Oilers which happens um, which that, that that can be a tough situation to be in bad luck even right so um, Alex if if you want to text in what metrics you're using i'd be happy to look into them more and you know reevaluate my opinion but i my opinion is that elvin bouchard is not a good defensive defenseman and i don't think i'm crazy for saying it i mean i i think that for me it's kind of right there in the middle like i i do think that he's maybe not as bad as the haters say Mm -hmm. but also when he does make those mistakes that old narrative is certainly a thing right like it's oh he sucks at defense well, Gregor talks about it all the time. You know, if you're just going to focus on the bad, you'll never see the good. No. And that was a, a thing for Darnell Nurse. It's, it's funny. He's been brought into this one. I look at him. I mean, the mistakes have been minimized so much. Uh, almost like he's not trying to do quite as much potentially. Which is a benefit of having other players to like Darnell Nurse. Like, yeah, he goes out there in the second power play unit. But how much time do they see on, a, <laughs> on an average night? Uh, they actually, I think they got probably most they've ever seen last night on a couple back-to-back power play chances. Yeah. But like Darnell can focus on doing what he does best, which is, you know, uh, being a bit of a more physical element, but playing well defensively. He's a big man. He skates so well. They're, like Darnell Nurse has a ton of value. And, you know, the dollar figure on the cap hit, that is that is what it is because the market got set for defensemen when that time came. It's unfortunate for the Oilers long term. Blame Seth Jones and, blame Seth Jones and Zach Lorensky. Like, yeah. it, Don't blame the it, it was the It was the going, the going rate. Um, Go get paid, young and, man. You know, like, I always say this. Like, if you're telling me that somebody offered you a raise at your job, you wouldn't take it. Like, wh- why are we faulting Donner and Lurs for signing the line that he was offered by the Oilers? It's not his fault. Hey, man, some might say he earned it. These club might he say ha- He that. had a career year. <laughs> so, uh, Ontario Mom says... If Bouchard needs to show growth, so does Nurse. That's the issue. Nurse has set the money bar. I don't hate Nurse. I think he's a great D-man, but he's infuriating at points. He slows the play down when he shouldn't. He refuses to make short passes, and they all have to be 100-foot passes. And going behind the net, allowing the other team to set up, drives me nuts. He's not been physical since his contract. That's a lot of negativity, Hontorio Moms, for a great D-man. Nail says, plus minus comes to play with Bouchard, and I'm not a plus minus guy. Think long run in the playoffs plus minus matters. I mean, that's going to depend on what side of that you come out on. Some people, I don't know. I, I don't completely <laughs> disregard it. Like yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't like when I'm 
calculating, uh, you know, compiling stat lists uh, from whatever website you use, you can kind of choose which ones show up. I'm not eliminating plus minus from it, but I'm not, it's not the end all be all either, right? They're like so many things. And this is, maybe this is the divisive part about it. And, you know, sports talk radio, everybody has to, you have to come on one side or the other. It's okay to be in the middle on some things and say that plus minus has value, but it shouldn't be the only measure you're using for a defenseman's uh, effectiveness as a defender. Corey, There's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we were talking about that on uh, the Saturday Sports setup with Declan on this past Saturday, and it was like a game where Connor McDavid was dash four. Well, go back and watch them. How many of the goals were his fault? Mm-hmm. Like, it, if someone on the ice has a mental error <laughs> Got and my guy. makes a mistake and they score, well, you still get that dash, and it's not ideal. But kind of, So you can't put all your stock into it. Corey says the best defense is a good offense. I'll ride and die with Bouchard. Hey, puck's on his stick. Hopefully it's not going the other way. Well, this and this is another thing, once again, I test base that I just, and maybe it is because I'm, I am trying to, I, or not trying to, but seem to be focusing about the negative on Bouchard on his own side of the red line. When the puck is on his stick, you would think it shouldn't matter if it's in the offensive zone or the defensive zone. But even sometimes, and this was maybe more so when the team was struggling and confidence was probably a, a bit of a factor. Like even in the D zone, picking pucks up, like rims up off the wall, um, you know, making plays with the puck on your stick in the D zone, it looked almost like a different guy sometimes, even though it's the same puck, it's the same <laughs> stick, same player. Um, but so. Listen, Evan Bouchard can be or will be a valuable contributor on this team if they were to make a deep playoff run here, without a doubt, even if it starts and ends with the power play effectiveness. So, but it, to boil it back to the what spurred uh, or, or sparked this discussion, the dollar figure for it, I, I'd love to see him stay here because of the different dynamic he gives them. Like the Oilers don't have that other top flight offensive D man. And like you said, Connor, not really one in the system ready to jump in uh, anytime soon. They had that luxury with Barry. They could move him on. And have Bouchard, 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 Bouchard is ready in. to take the next role. They don't have that e- now. Even if you consider Phil Broberg an offensive defenseman, I think he probably profiles out as more of a two-way guy. He's not Evan Bouchard. I don't know what he and, is. And certain, and so, well, at, at the you, NHL you, level. You, you and a lot of player uh, people, I Great think. Great AHLer. So. We don't know at the NHL. But but the the point being the Oilers don't have that yet. If you know, With the continued opportunity, it's it kind of is a good chance that he will price himself out of Edmonton. And if, if the Oilers are willing to shell out the bucks to keep him here, well, that means you're going to have to make sacrifices elsewhere because we live in a salary cap world, even if it is going to go up a little bit over uh, next season and then beyond. So Follow that NFL model, Gary. Yeah. Jump it up 30 mil. Here's a bonus $30 million. Pay the man. Pay them all. Just imagine. And the thing is, the sport like GMs and stuff, they would think of no long-term repercussions whatsoever. Be like, holy crap. Like You're telling me if the NHL just got given an extra... $10 million of salary cap for heading into next season that the Canucks wouldn't have allies Pedersen signed to an <laughs> eight by 12 tomorrow morning. They just be like, Holy, like it's just like, it's like just pushing the, the down the road, right? I, hey, it works in the NFL. It works, but the NFL uh, generates a lot more income. Push it down the road, reconstruct yearly. Yeah. Offset NH- with bonuses. NHL, not quite the same luxury <laughs> when it comes to individual contracts, but I digress. A couple of quick ones here. Alfred says other teams are still scoring on our weak side. Nurse, well, you know, take into account that he does play against some good players, but... but- that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. NHL is the best league in the world. There's yeah. going to be good players. Get scored on a lot. And I'm, yeah. I'm not, Darnold Nurse isn't a perfect player, but he's the best the Oilers got right now, uh, at least in terms of a top pairing uh, defender. So, 
That Nurse versus Bouchard take is wrong. Nurse is clearly the better defender. Nurse plays the hard minutes. Bouchard can outscore his mistakes. Tomato soup. I like that one. Chomskers says we need Nurse to play well. He's not going anywhere, so support him 100%. That, I mean, and that that's a big one, what you said there. He's not going anywhere. It's not going to happen. Lawrence in a plumbing van. Darnell Nurse cashed in on a year in a very weak Canadian division during the COVID year. He will never do that again. Lawrence in a plumbing van. Fair point. That was uh, There were some softer games on that schedule. But, hey, you do the uh, you do the work, you play well, and uh, eventually you're going to have to sign that contract. And, you know, had the Oilers, because he had the bridge deal. Had they not done the bridge deal and tried to lock him down earlier, could have been cheaper. But also, you got to bet on yourself sometimes. Darnell Nurse and his camp did. Darcy says, hey, guys, Bouchard, terrible on his side of the red line. Watch the games. Darcy. So we've got some people saying he's good. Some people saying he's terrible. I don't know. Which metrics these people are, the eye test or the analytics. But keep those texts coming in. Let us know. 1 401 1440. What, what, what is Evan Bouchard defensively? We know he's a lead offensively. What do you think he is defensively? We'll try to break that down next. Uh, with, we just went in the inbox there. That's for uh, Tommy Guns. Check them out at tommyguns.ca. If you go for a haircut today or tomorrow, make sure you mention Sports 1440. Say we sent you, and you'll get your cut for $30. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Sp- Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. It's 11.45 Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Wilhawkbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401. 1440 is the text line if you'd like to get in on the conversation before we get back into the inbox and it is uh, going crazy today coming up on the lowdown with low tide the Oilers are going to talk Evan Bouchard (laughs) hey don't steal our stuff this is our topic today Uh, oil trade targets and Jay's spring training of course, Zach Ling of Oilers Nation and the Jays Nation will join them. Also, he does a little fantasy talk, friend of the show. They'll also have Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic to talk some Oilers at 120. Then on the Jason Greger show today, we'll be joined by Sean Brown, our former NHLer, co-host from 3 to 5, Brant Myers, former NHLer, Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, Mark Spector, not a former NHLer, but covers the league, as well as Derek Van Dees from NHL.com. And uh, some more coming up. We're just going to, in the process of locking down a few more guests on the show, the text line, as we mentioned, Pillman, he is a typical Gen Z, only good when it's easy. If the effort, i.e. defense, body checks, he leaves for someone else. Well, let's, let's not stereotype an entire generation, man. Like That's like saying, uh, player, who's, uh, who's the cat out there with the Rangers? Why is he forgetting? Why am I forgetting his name? Like he plays for the fighting. <laughs> oh, Rempe. Rempe. I mean, he's the same age as Bouchard. He's out there grinding. So we can't just say because he's a typical Gen Z. I'm not trying to alienate Gen Z out here. Trailer Park Ryan says, "Hey guys, big problem if the Oilers would have locked in Nurse at a reasonable price when they could have and not reached him. How would we have been able to afford studs like Dominic Cahoon, Gaetan Haas?" Joachim Nygaard or Toby Big Zero Reader, Trailer Park Ryan. Yeah, great, great point, Trailer Park Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for the trip 
into the past. Uh, Corey says, Evan Bouchard is the new Marc-Andre Bergeron. Should be used on the power play and offense his own faceoff. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. That's where he's going to thrive. But, you know, turnovers happen. Plays go the other way. You, you got to be able to defend at a certain point. Steve from Drumheller. It's an old saying for a reason. Defense wins cups. Simple. You build the team from the goalie out. We've got some troubles defensively. Well, I mean, geez, like on their 16 game win streak, they were allowing outside of the two games where they allowed three. It was only two goals. So they can defend. I will concede the opponents were weaker during that stretch. But I, I think they they shown they can do it. But you got to buy in. You got to keep doing it. You got to want to do it. That's probably be the biggest thing with defense. Commit. You got to be all in. Blame the oil for taking the full Duncan Keith contract, which allows the Hawks to sign Jones. Jeez. That's some big picture thinking there, Russ. Good point. Alex says, and this is going back to the part about Evan Bouchard is good defensively. If Bouchard is playing with McDavid, you can assume the quality of competition he faces is high. Since November 24th, Bouchard leads ice time versus elites, and his fancy stats are positive. Low Tide's athletic article from Feb 2 provides a good analysis with context. Check it out. I'm sure Al will bring that one up today on the show if we're uh, talking Bouchard on the program. I don't disagree with what Alex is saying about the quality of competition but it boils back to a couple things that I would point out. They said the, they, it qualifies as elite competition. You're still on the ice with Connor McDavid. And a lot of that, especially recently, also with Leon Dreisaitl, which if we're talking strictly possession metrics, um, chances for versus against, yeah, that like even if you're standing there along the wall with your thumb up, your, you know what, you're probably going to, benefit from that fact it's like I, I i keep looking back i'm not trying to dog evan bouchard and say he's a bum i'm not trying to get to that at all but he benefits from his situation more so than darnell nurse based on who he plays on the ice with on his own team and who's up against him because not every team their best defensive forward is also their best offensive player that's pretty rare actually you could probably say the Kings, but even still, Phil Deneau has probably taken over um, a lot of the checking stuff from Anze Kopitar, I think. So if you're if if in theory the opposition is putting your best defensive forwards out against Connor McDavid, they're probably not your best offensive forwards. Not everybody's Patrice Bergeron. That that means Evan Bouchard probably isn't doing very much defending over the course of a shift, hypothetically, right? If we're, if we're using this um, assumption, which it is an assumption, and we all know what that can do sometimes. But I, like I said, I'm not saying Bouchard's not a good player. I'm not saying he's total dog water. But to say he's a better defender than Darnell Nurse, I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's enough tape to back that up. Bruce Grove, Corey text in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I've got an idea for an NHL franchise tag. Take player is no cap hit for that season. Ooh. Can only take player once per contract. No tag in first or last year of the deal. Well, I assume that would be a one year deal, wouldn't it? If you're tagged, minimum three year contract to tag a player. Cannot a three year franchise tag. I think you'd only get one year. Mm-hmm. Cannot trade entry level contract players or tag. Sorry, cannot trade tagged player. 
That's a lot of stipulations. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the uh, the franchise tag in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks for a player that might want to cash in for agency, but you get and a, a Usually in the case of players with shorter careers or shorter primes, running backs. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> this is totally off topic, but uh, Keegan Matheson covers the Jays for MLB.com. Alec Manoa's start. He hit three batters and allowed a couple of loud doubles on sliders. So Alec Manoa, the all I'm just taking from that is he hit three batters <laughs> in like <laughs> one under two innings. Well, let's look at this a positive. He will not be intimidated out there. No, sending the message that the Jays will not let anyone walk all over them. You might get hit. I mean, he's trimmed down. Looks good. Just got to work on that control. That's a bit of a scary thing. But, I mean, that's kind of always been his game, right? He likes to throw high and inside. Sure. It's a occupational I, hazard. Spring training, I mean, I, does it matter a little bit more than maybe like preseason football or preseason hockey? Maybe. At the, like the Jays, they're, they're, I think on rebuilding teams and you got some exciting prospects that are trying to crack rosters and stuff, but the Jays pretty much have what they have in terms of who's going to be out there on opening day, right? Like we, we know this team as... So just work out some kinks, get some reps. I won't be concerned about him until he does this in his first start of the regular season. Then I will officially be concerned, even if it's just the first start. Uh, B says, the new Marc-Andre Bergeron, give me a break. That kid was only good when he was paired with Pronger. Bouchard is 10 times the player he was. Yeah, I mean, I I don't agree that Bergeron and uh, Evan Bouchard are comparable with their skill sets. Bergeron was never the elite player that Bouchard is offensively, but I, I wouldn't mind if they use him, you know, in sheltered positions on the ice, you know, take advantage of a skill set as you should. That's good coaching. Still got to defend though. Like I said, the puck goes the other way quite often. Corey says helmet should have worn his helmet playing hockey. Comments like that make me think you're just an idiot. Whose helmet? I might've missed that one. Cody D says some people hate nurse because it's a nurse after Boston's OT goal. It's a perfect example. He had his man, but got a lot of hate for that goal online. Yeah. Online's the worst. <laughs> Twitter's bad after Oilers losses. I mean, Hey, the Oilers won last night and we spent like 40 minutes talking about Devin Bouchard after the Oilers lost to the Bruins, a game where Ryan Nugent Hopkins didn't even play. He was getting slandered. That's sports, baby. <laughs> it can be a toxic place sometime. It's a lot better when they win, for sure. Uh, Brandon, that's going to do it for us on the show here. I was going to ask you any final thoughts, but uh, that music means we are done. Great show, Connor. That's we, my final thought. We got through another one. Yes. Evan Bouchard is a good NHL player. Darnell Nurse is a good NHL player. There. The Oilers are a good NHL team. Potentially. Potentially. When they're on their game like most teams. We'll take a a break and then we'll hand things over to Alan Mitchell on the lowdown with Low Tide, Declan Kruger, and Donovan the intern as well. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We appreciate it as always. If you want to uh, check out our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get them from, give it a download, give it a subscription. We do appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 to talk some more fantasy sports. Get you ready for the Oilers and Blues. That'll be tomorrow at 11. For Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We'll take a break. Before that, though, sports update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in the Dukes, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com.